Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Darren Ride here with Tim Beadle, and we are talking about some resources today, some old resources that both of us have found immensely helpful in disciple making and are still helpful and useful today. Some things don't get dated. And that's why I want to ask Tim, Tim, what's what are some principles when it comes to resources? I mean, there's all kinds of ideas out there. There's always new books coming out. There's new podcasts. There's new everything. What are some principles in terms of filtering through the the myriad of resources we get tapped when it comes to disciple making. Yeah, thank, thanks, Darren. Uh, in terms of principles, I would look for books that actually talk about principles. <laughs> so, so, so many of the uh, resources, curriculums, studies that are out there, uh, basically, someone has written those based on principles. See, principles never change. Uh, when I was going to Bible college, I learned this little saying: "Programs, there are many." Principles are few. Programs always change, but principles never do. Uh, therefore, if you, if you can really understand certain principles, you're sort of almost like laws, like the law of gravity. As long as you're living on the face of this planet, the law of gravity works, and, it, and it's predictable. And uh, therefore, when planes take off, they know that they will eventually come down because of the law of the gravity. That, that's a principle in the physical world around which we live. Uh, but when we look at resources, uh, too many people end up on tangents because they haven't understood the principle, the foundational principle upon which the resource has been based. So, so even when we look into scripture and we, and we look at different Bible verses, so, some Bible verses are actually principles. So uh, in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Paul says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Now, that, that's a principle. Uh, and a principle is always going to be like that. Therefore, when we talk about disciple making and, and helping people find um, a personal relationship with Jesus, we realize that this principle that basically the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, that's something that we have to take into consideration. And, and therefore, you just don't buy the next best thing that comes off of Google or Amazon and say, well, I'm going to try this out. And, and, and you fail because you haven't understood the principle uh, upon which it is involved in terms of disciple making. So, so I don't know about you, Darren, but um, it's important to, to, to slow down and understand principles. And that's why, because uh, some people might say, oh, great, some more old old uh, resources. These guys are dinosaur. They're ancient. Well, actually, well, I'm a little more ancient than Darren is. But when you find a principle, it's as fresh today as it was 30 years ago. Now, it will be dressed differently, and the language might, but the principle is the same. And therefore, once you can understand certain principles... Uh, then you're off to the races in terms of feeling confident about the outcome of what you're going to do. Wow, that's very good. Yeah, yeah, there are principles and there's there's trends and there's fads and everything else, right? And principles drill down to foundational issues right. that are unchanging. Yeah, exactly. So uh, a word to the wise, slow down and understand principles 
And if you don't understand what some principles are, well, we're going to share some with you in some of the resources that we have. And I think, Darren, you've got a resource to share with us today. Yeah, and I've got a resource. It's really a concept that comes from an old resource. And I, I consider this resource, this idea, perhaps the best, quote, program or ministry I've ever been involved with, an individual ministry in life of the church, came out of a group called Churches Alive that no longer exists. And it was called Growth Group. And I've hung on to some of these old brochures. They're no longer around. And I actually couldn't find my material. So I had to go online and find some, some old material. And I found the old member's notebook that looks a little dated. And uh, I was actually doing growth group in the 90s. This one I found is was in the 70s, actually. And uh, so it's some old stuff. But what I found made it so workable. Here's, here's really what the structure of this ministry was. And I'll try to draw the principles out of that. Closed small group of 12 to 14 people committed to meeting for a year and a half to two years, once a week. Those meetings were two hour meetings. The first 45, 50 minutes or so was a classic. What you look at a Bible study Then you have a little break and then you'd have evangelism training every meeting, evangelism training and assignments, and then a time of prayer. Outside the meeting, you ultimately worked together to put on events, whether a barbecue or something else, as a group to help you reach your friends. So, so what I liked about that was it wasn't just an, an us for no more kind of Bible study, which is where a lot of small groups and even alternative churches go towards, yep. uh, and regular churches, of course, uh, but it had this, this outward focus built right into it. Hmm. And what we found in the in the we did that actually twice in one church. So we did one group, I think 18 months, one group, 24 months, closed group. We saw people come to faith. More importantly, we saw people trained in their faith, saw people get anchored in their faith and even move into leadership positions because of that. And so it was really, uh, the principle I like to draw to that is the consistency of meeting, the the breadth of what you're dealing with. It's not just feed me, feed me. It's also, if you think Sun Life, there was winning and building and equipping yeah. and bumping up against multiplying. And, you know, so those, those things were all happening. And so even as I move into, you know, doing, uh, what we're doing now, which is an alternative way of doing church, we call it 12 church. This has informed me greatly where we have hardwired into our weekly gatherings. There is evangelism training, uh, even at a higher level than there was with growth group with assignments arising, simple assignments, like, you know, encourage someone this week or, you know, give a gift. You know, there's different ways of blessing gifts and words and actions just to actively start to do that. Start praying and paying attention. Every week we report. What's been going on as you've been praying for people in your life? What do you see happening? And there's always something happening because of the principle of just consistently focusing outward because that's where the Lord's heart is. And he seems to come alongside us as we have that outward focus. And if I can just share one story before I bump it back to you. Yeah. There's a couple in our group who uh, they've been on the same street for a couple decades almost and have a heart for their neighbors. And uh, just in the last few weeks, from being intentional and praying about it and just some circumstantial things have had more relational stuff going on with their neighbors than they've had for years. Wow. Just because of that consistency of praying and reporting back and being alert. And that's what happens with those consistent meetings. There's an alertness to the things of the Lord, whether it's evangelism or personal growth or multiplying, it stays in our face. And so I think consistency is a principle. It's not, you know, go to this weekend seminar or this one, read this one, but it's about this consistency 
this ebb and flow of life where it's kind of built in and hardwired. Yeah. Well, you know, if you just listen to someone, even on a podcast, you listen to a podcast for half an hour within a few days, well, within a week, you're only going to remember maybe 4% unless you apply a practical principle and do something about it. Uh, the thing that appealed to me about what you just shared, Darren, was that they were assignments. <laughs> it isn't just turn up whenever you want. It sounds like there, there, there's a certain level of commitment to this group. And I would think accountability as well. But, you know, when, when you look at the principles of how Jesus uh, reached and then equipped disciple makers, you're doing exactly the same thing. That It's that principle. You know, Jesus said, follow me. But, but then he said, okay, we're going to take you to the next level. You know, Matthew 4.19, you know, come follow me and I'm going to make something out of you. I'm going to make you fishers of men, as it were. Mm. And then before long, he's sending them out, you know, sending out, uh, you know, the 72 two by two on an assignment, just like you said. And then they came back and reported. And, and this was all part of Jesus' mm. strategy uh, before he, you know, returned to the Father to have fully equipped and trained those who could actually fulfill the Great Commission. Oh yeah, no, exactly right. You know, it's interesting. In our, we're partnering with the church, an existing regular church, and there we're partnering with them and doing our a completely separate way of doing ministry. And they're, which is amazing, they're good with that. And if people want to move from that church into what we're doing, we actually have quite a process they go through, which includes an interview yeah. with me and the, the pastor, the lead pastor of that church. And we just did an interview with a couple the other day, and they asked the question. So basically, they want to know what are the actual expectations. Yeah. What are we committing to? And I said, you're committing to being all in on mission with Jesus. Yeah, you're committing to shaping your life around the mission of Jesus. That's what we're calling people to. And they know that coming in. So you're calling them to be something, not, not just do something. Because a lot of people with expectations, okay, well, give me a list so I can check it off. And then I can, but you're asking them, you know, to be all in is more than just doing. It's actually being. Uh, and, and that's what Jesus calls us to. We, we have to be like him. If we claim to be in Christ, uh, the Bible says, First John, you know, we must walk as Jesus walked. Mm -hmm. That's another principle. And Absolutely. so, uh, yeah, the, the, that, that's excellent. That's exciting. And to think how many Decades ago, did that come out? <laughs> well, the, the old workbook I found here online finally was from 75, and I was doing it in the early 90s. Wow. And, you know, and, and so it's shaped the way I think about ministry, disciple making. And uh, yeah, very, very happy with that as a, as a resource, as a concept anyway. Yeah. And uh, how about you, Tim? I know you've got, a, you've got a resource that has really shaped you a lot in disciple well, making. Yeah, you know, after I was ordained and, and went into a church, this was the one that uh, a lay person exposed me to. And uh, I looked at it and, and I was so challenged and taken by it that this is the one I've been using ever since. So this was published December 15th, 1988. <laughs> it's based on a book by Jim Peterson uh, called Living Proof. It's cultivating a lifestyle of sharing your faith. It, it's produced, the, the book is produced by Nav Press. I don't think you can actually get some of the um, resource guides. However, I went online and I, I found them online. So if you go under Living Proof, Jim Peterson, it was actually put out by the Christian Businessmen's Association way back when, and it's full of principles. And be because it's principles, it, it still is relevant today. Like that Bible verse I read just a few mo moments ago from 2 Corinthians is right in the beginning of the book because it sort of tells you what we're up against. Hmm. up against 
And like the men of Issachar of old who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, uh, we have to understand our times. And so, so this resource talks about the world in which we live. You know, over 100 years ago, Western culture had a consensus on the basic issues of life. You know, there was a unified world view. Uh, but then there were three what I call philosophical explosions that destroyed this consensus. First of all, uh, science asked the question, well, how did I get here? And now God as creator w- w- was up for dibs. Uh, do you believe it or not? And then the next one was uh, a philosophical question. Why am I here? And then we're asking about the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. And obviously people have their own ideas. And now we are in this pluralistic world in which we live. You can believe what you believe. I'll believe what I believe. And we sort of respect mm-hmm. the differences. But uh, it's hard when, when you're told to go into the world to make disciples to uh, not make push the agenda in a very respectful way through relationships with people. And the final one was a moral behavior. Uh, how should I then live? And that's where we find ourselves today. And, and tell, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> the world is mixed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking about my little grandkids who are about to enter school and the school system of gender neutral bathrooms and you know identity this and lack of clarity that uh, it can be somewhat terrifying but there are certain principles that if we understand uh, how Jesus has entrusted uh, the gospel message to us and i just want to unpack a couple of principles today uh, the first principle is basically uh, that we have to be consistent in our lifestyle. Like, like you talked about, well, you got to be all in all the time. Uh, the principle in this book, it's called keeping your flag up the pole. Mm. So it talks about, you know, anytime a flag goes up the pole, it's representative of something else. You remember those old time pirate movies and a ship would be approaching and, and uh, the captain of the ship would look through his spyglass to try to identify the flag on the approaching ship. And if it was a pirate one, they try to get out of there as soon as possible. That's because the flag represented the one who was flying the flag. Hmm. And so in living proof and, and, and the subtitle of, of this resource is uh, making sharing your faith as natural as a cup of coffee. Hmm. And that's what I liked about it because it's so down to earth. But this principle is you have to be consistent in your in your walk with Jesus, because if you're giving different, uh, you know, if you're a closet Christian all of the weekend and on Sunday, you're a different person that that's not going to cut it when it comes to building relationships with people. And I know I've referred before, you know, in Matthew seven, uh, when the wise and foolish builders, you don't really see the difference in their lives until the storm hits. Right. But uh, the consistency of living a, a Jesus focused Life is so important. So um, we need to become balanced communicators. And I, and I just want to share three different principles of, of different scenarios that we can find in people today. The first one is called the spiritual porcupine. This is where people basically are, are sucked into the, the church in terms of a holy huddle. They're legalistic, black and white, in and out, uh, check off the list. This is sort of a hardening of the categories, I, I call it. And this is what happened to the, the Pharisees uh, in the Bible. They started off 
wanting to be all in all the time for God, but but they became spiritual porcupines where they came up with their own understanding of life and lists and things like that. On the other extreme, we have what I call the spiritual chameleon. Uh, and this is where basically you assimilate and, and you just hang out in the world as if you belong there. You know, in, in Romans 12, it says, don't be conformed to the image of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hmm. Now, now, when you're a porcupine, you lose your audience and you're no longer salt and light hmm. because, because you're not relevant in relevant communication and relationship. Uh, when you're a spiritual chameleon where you're one way on with Christians and different with people in the world, you lose your message and you're no longer salt and light. So, so the principle that we're looking for is actually to become what's called a balanced communicator. Uh, you think of scales on one side, you have truth. On the other side, you have love. And, and you have to find the balance so that you live a life with a radical difference. Because that's mm-hmm. when, when you give your life to Jesus, there's a change there. And therefore, you maintain a message. But there's also radical identification. Uh, that we don't lose our audience because we're in the world. And while we're not of the world, we're in the world in a very healthy way. And I think that's what Jesus has entrusted to us, to live like him in the world Mm -hmm. so that we don't lose our audience and we don't lose our message. I I really believe that the the way forward uh, in terms of God capturing the imagination of people is to tell a better story, Darren, than what Mm. they're believing right now. People are pursuing this American dream, but it's leaving them empty and disillusioned. Uh, We don't need more strategies or techniques. We need to rediscover the wonder of our faith Mm. and walk in obedience. And that's why I love what you're doing, is that that you're reinventing what church could look like. And let me tell you this, the Barna Group just put out statistics that said post-COVID, between 25 and 30% of people who used to attend regular church won't be coming back. Hmm. They won't be coming back. And therefore, we're going to be looking for new models based on foundational principles. And Darren, in terms of the 12 church, I think you're onto something. Hmm. Oh, it's good to hear. Appreciate that, Tim. And, and really, I mean, there's there are other things like this going on. I keep coming across them the more I get into this world. You know, I've been really impressed with the Kansas City Underground, where they're on mission in Kansas City, and uh, some others and missional communities and things. So, yeah, there's there are some things that are happening, and it's just uh, I think the Lord's doing some different things in many different places because of that. But it but it addresses I think some of the issues you've raised. I think um, if there's a prayer that we have for Christian leaders in, in the coming five years, it's for courage, hmm. courage to be able to change the status quo. Because everyone is going to want a certain extent of going back to the normal that made them comfortable. Mm. And Jesus was not someone who made people comfortable. (laughs) He was always challenging the status quo. And I think I mentioned this on on a former podcast. Elvin Toffler said, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read or write. They'll be those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. Mm. Those in leadership in our day have to lead the charge of acknowledging that we need to unlearn some of this stuff. And, and this is what 12 Church, I think, is mm-hmm. personifying in the approach you're taking uh, because you're relearning some of the basic principles of Jesus and the gospel and the heart of God. 
in terms of God wants all people in his family, mm-hmm. and Jesus came to seek and save those who are lost. Yeah, no, it's funny you raise courage because just, just today, actually, as we're recording this, this very day, uh, my my YouTube videos I do that are about disciple making, but kind of on the leadership level, I address the issue of fear yeah. as a pastor and what needs to change for me to move to disciple making. Indeed. And for me personally, just really for me personally, realizing that this unlearning and relearning that needs to happen. I mean, here I am at this age and stage of life where a lot of people are starting to coast to the finish. And I feel like I'm going back to school. Yep. Back to, really, I, I like the thing I'm sitting at the seat of the master, figuring out how to do it in this time and place. The principles are the same, but how we apply them and learning how to do ministry, I feel like I'm starting over in so many ways. Yeah, and you know, that that word fear, there, there's another word that I think because of COVID is connected to fear, and that's fatigue. Mm-hmm. So many people are tired. So I was meeting with a band of brothers. I meet with them, uh, guys I love uh, every month, and we talk uh, about life. And, th- and I told them, I- I'm feeling a little tired and fatigued. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I might have lost a bit of my edge. And that's why I went away on holiday for the last two weeks. So they come back, okay, I'm refreshed. And they said this um, this quote by Vince Lombardi is that fatigue makes cowards of us all. Exactly. And as yeah. soon as they said that, I said, that's me. I've, I've lost my edge because I'm just fatigued. I'm tired of just mm-hmm. waiting and, and sort of uh, just being separate from people and, and, and just this Zoom stuff and uh, I think uh, leaders today have to address fatigue and also mm-hmm. the fear factor and also realize we're going to lose people. But that's what happened with Jesus. Jesus lost a lot of people when he said these tough things, when he called them to live for the principle of the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, and and people said, ah, this isn't for me. So we're going to lose a lot of people, but we're going to attract a lot of people as well. Mm. Well, I think, you know, fatigue really is the challenge because it does affect us body, soul, and spirit, head to toe. And, and we, we, even when we talk about being consistent, that feels like a load that comes on. But I've learned something just recently, and this might be a whole nother topic someday, that the way to address consistency and fatigue is that it's not about adding more things. Yeah. It's about living a more integrated life. There you go. And that rather than adding these ministry events or programs, that what I'm already doing in life is the, the fodder for ministry, my neighborhood. Yep. You know, working on my pickup, talking to my neighbor, going to the restaurant, like the things we're already doing when we have our eyes open, they become this avenue to be salt and light and the voice and the agent of Jesus, even evangelistically. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you saying, we don't have to do a lot of different things. We have to do the things we're doing now differently, intentionally integrated, as you said, as well. And uh, in the mix, we realize that, that Jesus is already out there at work before we get there. And we just have to join him in his mission and ministry. Uh, and we just have to be the hands and feet, the salt and light, to be ambassadors for Christ. Hmm. And to understand what our role is and maybe release some rights and some entitlements. And hmm. and just to pick up and recognize our responsibilities. And, and in John 14, Jesus, uh, John 13, Jesus said this. Now that you know these things, hmm. you will be blessed if you do them. So, so there's that practical application of, of just little things here and there. They, they add up in the kingdom of God. Oh yeah. No, that's, there's so many, I mean, so many seed ideas you just dropped there, Tim. I wish we could riff on every one of them, but we, I mean, this is our first time back after a few yeah. weeks. I think we've got a little bit of pent up uh, thinking there and we'll, we'll have lots yeah. of lots to discuss in the weeks ahead. 
I think that's a natural place to land. And uh, just again, a bump towards good old resources, looking for resources that teach principles. And the idea that, uh, I like what you just said, maybe land there where God's already at work, where we are, you know, to, to, to partner with him, to abide in Christ and to see what he does and uh, live that integrated life. Amen. So this is uh, Darren Wright, my good friend and disciple maker. I'm Tim Beadle. Thanks for joining us for this podcast, another edition of Disciple Making. Join us again. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.